0: podcast
1: this is the blockade pinball podcast i'm your host chris freebus aka shut your trap joining me as always halfway across the world is jared morgan hello everyone how you going uh well i know i'm doing okay and uh i don't it's know good. it's for for me it's the day after christmas for you it's second day after christmas yeah
0: that's right. We've had a we've had an extra day to recover from the excess amount of food that we that we had on Christmas Day. What was uh what was on the spread for Christmas Day for you?
1: Oh, uh, Christmas Day, uh, a trip to Carl's Junior for some burgers.
0: Um, uh, Carl's Junior, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you guys all, all pop your your Christmas cherry around Thanksgiving. You go full turkey uh, on Thanksgiving over there, whereas everywhere else we usually do christmas day as the day that we get our get our excessive amounts of food on so yeah and, um, and i'm
1: not i'm not big on that food anyway um so don't really i don't like make it. it and we don't oh, go right. anywhere on christmas day so yeah right that's right craig nothing does say christmas like burgers <laughs> i completely agree uh exactly and, right
0: the festive burgers yeah
1: <laughs> Well, it was it was that or uh, the Del Taco, and uh, the family decided that they'd rather have burgers. So, (laughs)
0: Carl's Jr. is good. Uh, It's probably not the same as the Carl's Jr. we have here in Australia because we do have it here, of course. Really? Because everything America everything America comes over here. But um, yeah, the California burgers are pretty nice. Interesting. Um, Which
1: mm, I wouldn't. We can do a compare
0: and contrast. (laughs) We can do a compare and contrast on Carl's Jr. because you know part of a core tenet of the show is snacks. (laughs) At one time, that was
1: definitely a core tenet of the show. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, folks, uh, you're going to notice, hey, look at that. There's, uh, you know, little words coming down the side of the screen here. And... we need, your, we need your input today. Today is an absolute free-for-all. We have no clue what we want to talk about. Um, it's no. going to be a hodgepodge of anything. So if you guys have mm. questions, if you guys have comments, if you want to uh, bring up a topic, we're more than happy to jump onto it. We just want to come on and, and you know do an episode where we weren't tied down to pinball.
0: Well, that's right, because, you know, we talk about pinball a lot, obviously, because, you know, it's what we do here at the Plucky Pinball Podcast. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you just want to have a bit of a fireside chat. And, and Jared you know, was a little sick been... of
1: talking about cabinets.
0: <laughs> I really was a little bit sick about talking about cabinets because, it, you know, the, the thing that's really bothering me at the moment, Chris, is, is just everything seems to be trickle fed with the cabinets, right? And I'm just getting a little bit a little bit
1: done with it. That being yeah. said, Craig here says, uh, yeah, seen some YouTube videos about the Marvel cabs and the uh, Star Wars cabs. So I'm just going to point this out. Um, we'll, we'll get this out of the way really quick. Mm-hmm. First things first. Uh, turns out none of the pinball arcade, or the uh, uh, pinball arcade, the one-up uh, pinball cabs, they didn't go in the drink. They were just delayed on the boat. Uh, what did go into the yeah. drink was their outrun cabinets. Um, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Ruins a mm. few people's Christmases there. Uh, Definitely. Two. If you weren't already aware, uh, there has been two different unboxing videos. One done by Doug over at Cool Toy. He unboxed the Marble Cab, uh, put together a really slick looking uh, video, especially for the review. Mm. I mean, like really slick. You should check it out. Yeah, probably. Um, and then uh, Retro Ralph and Justin doing their one-up weekly. Uh, Ralph had the Star Wars uh, cab sent to him, um, and he assembled that whole thing and also put together a review. So if you guys are really wanting to see these things more in action, unfortunately, it was kind of the things that we wanted to do with Mel here live that we were hoping to do. Yeah. Um, so, so that stolen. idea is scrapped for yeah. <laughs> now. Um,
0: but you know, it's it's one of those things. Like We, we get why it happened. Um, you know, they they've got a lot more followers than we do. Yeah, there's there's a slight
1: slight subscriber disparity. Um, Mm. so folks, if you want us to be the first to get the kind of content, please subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe and kick
0: that bell. Oh my god, I hate doing. Like they always say,
1: I really hate. We'll we'll allow it this particular uh, podcast, but only this time. Seriously, um. We've been trying to do everything we can uh, to give you guys more content and to do something. And uh, those of you that actually watch our full length episodes, uh, we've mentioned it before. A lot of you are subscribers, but the more subscribers that we get, the uh, more opportunities that we'll have uh, to, you know, not be down the list of people that would get this opportunity, but up near the top. So, um, but yeah, I would, I'd definitely check out both those, uh, both those YouTube channels for those uh, videos because they're going to show you pretty much everything that you were hoping to see other than what we would mostly comment about, which is the actual, you know, how is the pinball displayed and <laughs> what it's playing like and all that jazz. Um, so obviously we're more on a software end whereas they're more on the uh, hardware end. But The hardware, yeah. There we go.
0: See, we're sort of, because it's pinball related, we're definitely sort of coming in probably halfway through the movie with a lot of the arcade one-up and at games stuff there's already large communities out there that that cover that stuff as a specialty so but then we've got people like jared here where... who
1: you know has netherworld arcade to go actually play pinball uh-huh. at, and so he's got the real world comparison going on um so i mean I do. we do have our uh we do have our our place <laughs> Hey you know what I found
0: out speaking of Netherworld arcade, so Netherworld's been pretty good with spooky pins, right? so yeah. they I've managed to get a, a fair few plays on Rick and Morty there. and what I noticed was on Rick and Morty the um the flippers are weird on spooky games. you might have noticed this as well. weird um, and they have a different they have a they have a different feeling to them than the Stearns and like the older um the older Belly Williams tables. And I was talking to the tech there, Dave, um, at Netherworld, who also did Bad Santa this year. He was Santa for the for the pub, dressed up as Santa, and got very drunk, which was very funny. Nice. <laughs> um, um, so he was saying that the reason why they feel weird and the reason why the flippers don't sort of have that same sort of solid feel to them is that they don't have end-of-stroke switches in them. They've actually got the old-school... Um, uh, they actually only have two lugs, so they've only got wind voltage, not hold voltage. Hmm. So, so the, it's, it must have be been a design decision that Spooky made very early on when they were making their um, their circuit layouts, and they opted not to put in any hold voltage in the coils. It's only just full wind, and then the computer um, like determines when the hold voltage turns on, so the coil doesn't burn out. So essentially, it half volts the coil so that the, the the flipper stays up, doesn't heat up too much. And as you can tell, data East did that um, leading up to um, Last Action Hero when they had the ripper thing that fired the ball back really fast yeah. um, to the flipper. And they quickly realized that it just doesn't work. Um, they need an end stroke switch to sort of like tell the circuitry that, hey, no, the flipper's dropped back down again, you need to flip it up. So I found really weird things happening with that game, like the upper flipper on that game sometimes doesn't even really full flip. It sort of half flips or like flips and just flops back down again. So they, I think they've received so many complaints about the way their flippers works that the next build that they're going to be making of whatever the next game is, it will actually have end of stroke switches as nature intended.
1: So do you feel that, <laughs> it, that the, the flippers, they, don't, they feel like they're worn out? They don't have, they're not strong? Sort of, yeah. They they have this
0: sort of um, it, it sort of feels variable. Um, the, the strength on them, like you can sometimes get a really, like you feel like you really aim the shot. Like on Rick and Morty, there's a the left ramp is super steep. Like it goes from the bottom of the playfield all the way up to the very top part of the um the back the backboard on the playfield. It's such a steep ramp, and sometimes you flip it. And you think you've got a beautiful clean shot up the ramp and it just goes, Nope. It doesn't make <laughs> it up there. Uh and like, it like it'll just rattle half the way up and not go up there. Which definitely that's not a clean shot if it starts to rattle, but like you'll you'll do a nice shot up there and it'll just get halfway up and come back down. And then sometimes it'll fire up there like it's got like it's got vacuum ramps, like on Farsight Sight Pinball Gas. So is is so... that
1: what uh the EMs with their flippers is, is that the same type? Like when did end of stroke come into play um i
0: thought not sure i think early solid states or early ems didn't have any um end of strokes um well, I don't know
1: i'm actually. just asking because that's, one, that's always my that. thing with the with ems um those flippers don't feel strong i mean it, it seems like it's a labor to get the ball halfway up the up the field.
0: The coils in those are very like they have very low windings in them to start with. I they're not really that powerful. Um uh and that's designed like the way because like the they they just the play fields were generally pitched pretty flat anyhow. Yeah. So like the way people set them up now is probably incorrect. So they, they really do need to have those things quite floaty and quite flat. Because
1: that was always them. our our statement complaint, whatever with Pimble arcade where we're like mm. you can't apply the same flipper strength mechanics physics whatever that you have on your stern tables that you're making and put them mm. on an old Gottlieb bm it completely different beast
0: yeah absolutely yeah it's completely different okay yeah so i think that'll be good to see when they actually get that back and maybe it's we had a few problems with the shipment to here to Australia. Most of the cabinets, I think we covered this in a previous show, but um, the way they stacked the container that I was sending down here to Australia, um, yeah, they didn't stack them right, and a lot of them um, broke in transit. <laughs> Oops. So there's a lot of there's a lot of cabinets down here. Some of them were were unusable, like they they were knocked open basically. The cabinets. Because um, they weren't shipped properly, they weren't shipped on on their containers, on yeah. their like flat. They were like on their side, so all the way to the playfield just knocking out the the, the cabinet. So the, our one, the well, our one, <laughs> ours being <laughs> Netherworld's one, um, was okay and was flippable, but I still reckon it's got some some quirks in it. I just don't know. It's it's strange. Like I really love Rick and Morty as a game. It's really fun to play. Um, it's uh, it's like TNA but with ramps. Oh, okay. Um, and and it's not brutal like TNA. You know, like you don't get instant kickouts from the, the 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 trap and all that sort of stuff. But it's got enough interesting things on it to do that. Um, if you like the show and you, you're into it and you know it, yeah, like you can get a lot of fun out of it. Uh, it's it's very good. It's if you compare that and South Park pinball, I'd rather have Rick and Morty because it's just it's it's just you mean the Sega integrated. South Park? Yeah, the Sega South Park. Yeah, no, that one's junk. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is basically it's a it's it is not fun. It's but, uh, it,
1: it's it's a one shot table with a bunch of random sound clips from the show, which was great when the pinball came out because I think the show had only been out for two years, maybe when that pinball yeah, was that's made. Right. But uh-huh. all these years on, and then it has aged did, well. No, it has not aged mm, well. At has all. not aged well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I'm uh, probably incomparable, but yeah, it's really tightly integrated. The theme's great and also the um the what they call the bloodsucker edition, which is the one that you can get if you're a spooky fan club member, which is the one that um Netherworld got. Just got a kick ass sound system in it. Jeez, this thing, you crank it up and the whole thing vibrates. Um and it sounds fantastic. Because um, Scott Denisi did the audio for it again. Um, and he's very good at doing audio. So, uh, yeah, he's it's it's a really, really good package, that one. I strongly recommend going happier flip if you can.
1: Okay, so <laughs> me and Jared had this conversation uh, a little bit uh, during the week, and I'm going to carry mm. this over here. And it started with uh, me asking what he thought of the Led Zeppelin table that Stern showed, because I just kind of went... <laughs> Eh, I mean, especially in comparison to the Guns N' Roses one from J.J.P., it's Incomparable. Nothing. Yeah. No. Nothing. And then the one cool feature that it has on it, which is in the middle of the playfield, the little chamber that raises up and can magnetically capture the ball. Hey, guess what's not on the pro model?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Uh-huh. The like one the only thing interesting that's... thing. <laughs> it's really like you look at the playfield on that thing, on the Led Zeppelin, and there's not a lot going on at all. Like except for that thing in the middle that traps the ball. Yeah. Um I don't really like to put it this way, the, the pro and the premium and LEs, they're not gonna look that different. Um because I mean there's not even there's not even drop targets everywhere. Like they've just got no. stand ups in most places. Like I would expect that like the premium would at least have piles of drop targets on it or something you can it shoot. It just for, seems
1: but like a very lazy design. It like, yes. like, okay, what, what iconography, iconography, God, I hate that word. Iconography Thank do you. we need to use? Yeah. Okay. We'll put that. Oh, well, sure. You got to put a Zeppelin toy on there. And, uh, you know, is there a theme? No, nah, we're just going to have you playing some music and, you know, it'll be kind of like what the ACDC table is. Cause you know, they're both designed by yeah. the same guy, Steve Ritchie. Um, yeah, it just—it's a whole lot of eh, meh. you know. And then, and then they tried doing the chase lights, basically that JJP did on Guns and Roses, and they look just not even close. Terrible.
0: Yeah. No. They like they they had the obviously. I don't know who nicked the idea from who because <laughs> you can clearly see that. That idea of cabinet light, lights that like oscillate up and down the side rails yep. of the cabinet, that's that's too close, too coincidental to be, you know, <laughs> like someone was talking to someone, <laughs> J.J.P. and Stern. Um, but just the... I think this is actually a limitation of Spike 2. They just can't have the amount of lights that J.J.P. have on the games. And, you know, some people will say, well, that's actually good. Because some <laughs> JJP games are a rainbow vomit light show. Oh yeah. Um, but the way they've done it on, and I'm sure you agree here, Chris. Right? The way they've done it on um, on that Guns N' Roses pin is really, really tasteful, and it really
1: does look like
0: a stage show.
1: On well, that, and that's the that's what the the I'm lights. saying. That there is an actual. Uh, I, I was impressed that there was an actual almost story to the Guns N' Roses. Mm. Layout and theme and and you know what they're presenting instead of just putting out another music table. It's you know what it really reminded
0: me, the Led Zeppelin thing. It reminded me so much of ACDC. Right? Yes, and that's also a richie table. Yeah, um, and it's just oh, it's just got nothing special about it. Like the Zeppelin fans will love it, but even Zeppelin fans are like kicking back on it because. There's some songs on there that aren't, like, classic zen, uh, Zeppelin staples that aren't in there. Well, I mean, but you're, what you're doing is you're
1: it. asking, you're basically asking, oh, you like Led Zeppelin, and you like their music? Then you're going to want this. We're not going to make any other reason why you want this. It's just going to be... It's, yeah, you, it's, you just want this. Yeah, it, it's kind of mm. like, you know, when they slapped Primus on top of the... <laughs> the Wonelli table it's like yeah okay that was just a quick and easy slap of paint mm-hmm. thrown on top and you know you did something and but it's exactly the same as this supreme
0: branding they put on everything you know mm-hmm. like supreme when they just go oh red and white there you go and now you're gonna pay five times as much yeah like okay one up did a supreme cabinet yeah and it was just everyone was going what <laughs> people that yeah people, uh, just, well yeah
1: yeah it everybody's going, what? And yet they sell them out.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. And then they get sold on the aftermarket for like five times as much right. as you bought them for.
1: Right. Okay, right. so anyway, what I was saying was, we we, had, we started having this conversation and then we started talking about because of that one cool item that is on the ZEP table uh, being removed for the pro model, what would certain Bally Williams tables look like had the stern gotten a hold of them and done the pro and premium and le edition on them so i'm going to ask this of mm. the uh, of those of you that are that are watching live here and can comment go ahead and ask us what we think would be removed from whatever table you want to uh, post up there uh we have a pretty good knowledge base of all the tables that exist uh we can kind of do this we're going to start off with the uh with creature from the black lagoon so, Jared, what do you think is <laughs> the first thing that would have been eliminated <laughs> from a pro well, model?
0: there's there's not a lot on that table that's really feature rich. So the only thing that you probably lose on it is that big secondary ramp with the the massive plastic habit rail that leads you back down to the to the um,
1: whirlpool there uh, that, section. To the, the whirlpool. Exactly. So that
0: whirlpool ramp that that's gone. You've only got like a single tier ramp there, and it'll just be it won't be metal. Like it won't be like a metal end to it. It'll just be a continuous bit of plastic um, taking you back down to the right. Flipper. Oh,
1: I don't even think that it, I, I don't think it would even take you down to the, I think they would eliminate that completely. You would still just shoot the, the, the that, ramp, the main ramp that you would be doing. Um, yeah. But now it would maybe have one other drop down feed to the, to the right orbit. Um, you know, to get it back to that right flipper. But that'd be the that'd be the end of it. Uh, in terms of your bonus counting for you know how it cycles around, they would have something else to uh, compensate for that in the rules. So you
0: reckon? Because of course you know shooting the ramp lights the double feature point system on yeah. that game, so you still need it. I, I think they would still return it to the right flipper. So it would it would. I just don't be think it would singles. feed all
1: the way down directly to the. LA. I reckon it
0: would. I think it would because you need that so you can actually do the,
1: the double feature. But you're feature. not thinking stern here, Jared. Think about think about what they've done to the Star Wars table, to Game of Thrones, to, uh, <laughs> to all manner of things where they've completely just eliminated. Taking it out a rule set. Uh, look at yeah, Ghostbusters. Taking
0: out a rule set. Yeah. Oh, mm, God. Right? That's what I'm saying. That's a classic think, pro move.
1: Think. Okay, here's the thing that I know that would be gone. The, the hologram.
0: Oh, that hologram would be gone. It'd just be a yeah. that would just be gone a painting for sure. of. It'd just be an image creature in the middle. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, that yeah, that's one hundred percent gone. So that and the ramp, there's your um, there's your pro table for sure with that one.
1: Is there a spinner on there? <laughs> you know how no, they love no to spinner. take the spinners out. <laughs> yeah.
0: right? And there's no drops either, so no. they might even they might take away the the kiss feed as well so you know how you shoot the kiss feed and it goes to the subterranean trough mm-hmm. and then feeds into the um the up kicker yeah they might actually just remove that section of the trough as well and just make it a um a stand-up target or something there like just a flat stand-up yeah um if we had you know, photoshop extra... skills
1: we would have done these but we don't so if anybody out yeah. there does have Photoshop skills, feel free to show us your versions and send them our way. Um, yeah. Fiscal show says, what, "What would uh, what would fishtails
0: lose?" Whoa, geez, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be a pretty bare table, wouldn't it, Fiscal? You know what it would. Um, you know what it
1: would have for the. It, it would still have the center boat and the U-turn. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It would. would lose... It definitely
0: wouldn't have the fishing reel. That no. fishing reel go. Well, you wouldn't that, even that, have the ramp go.
1: going to the fishing reel to feed the balls into the lock. It would be a virtual. Lock. No,
0: that up kicker. It'd be a virtual lock yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh, jeez, what else? They. I mean, they probably keep the spinner because that's integral to getting um, the you know the um, size of the fish, the lie. Um, but yeah, that. I think they'd probably cost cut on that center ramp as well. They'd probably lose a captive ball, and just make it a. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they've had. I don't know. Is the captive ball an expense?
0: No, it's probably not. I mean, it's not mechanical, but and again, that's yeah, it'd be hard to redesign because that, that would be a boat.
1: huge set of rules to take that's out. A
0: huge hole. And that's a yeah, that they wouldn't do that. They couldn't do that because it's just too integral to the game. And this is the problem, Chris, with a lot of the Belly Williams tables. Everything on those tables was put there for a reason. Right. And and you know, retroactively stripping them out of a table would really take some work. <laughs> because there's everything was there for a reason, it had a purpose, it was part of the building materials for a reason because they weren't doing the Stern model. So this is a really interesting exercise to undertake because you go put your thinking cap on to see how they would work around the problem as well if they took a thing out, um, and we haven't even got to the juicier ones yet.
1: <laughs> no, I just had. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, no garage. Well, there would be the garage. Like I'm saying, it the garage would be there. That would be where the virtual lock would be. Uh, yeah, but it'd probably it be like a, the up kicker you know, to the ramp that goes the that goes all the way across the table. That it'd be like a
0: target, on. I think, Fiscal. I reckon Fiscal would be like a target, probably not a drop target even, not even that fancy. Uh, it'd just be a, a, a like a stand-up target that you hit um, to trigger a lock. Um, and it'd be, because the, the, the drop target acts as a barrier to the hole, you'd probably have to hit it a number of times to actually light lock.
1: And uh, yeah, that'd be not a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, what was the first pro-premium... Separation of a star. Oh, I thought it was AC/DC, wasn't do it? Do you think it was? I thought I so. You might be right. You might be right. Yeah, because right. yeah. that was certainly like. What do you mean you're taking out the entire lower playfield? Then you find out the lower playfield like literally junk is junk and does nothing anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Um, I think it was ACDC. That was the first one. It may be may not be the official first one, but it was certainly the first one that people took notice of because it removed a key playfield feature. In fact, it removed. Um, there was a few things in it that they took out that people were up in arms about. So, yeah, I mean, like the you know um, the swinging bell and
1: things like yeah, that all that
0: nature. sort of stuff. You know.
1: Yeah. All right. What's another? What's so another yeah, table. A... What, what what was the one that you were thinking of that we should do?
0: Oh, well, this one, I know we talked about these two. Should we go, um, should we step up to something as big as Adam's Family? Yes. Or should we keep that?
1: I mean, Adam's <laughs> Family? Hmm. I'm trying to think of the things that they, well, okay. Automatically, what I'm thinking is that left flipper with the um, the thing flips, gone. Yeah, that would go. Thing yeah. flips is gone. Um, yeah. The toy hand, I because think... that's
0: literally all you use that for. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the toy hand, I think, stays. It's. I, I just think that that's a. I don't know. It's a feature that I'd have a hard time. It might mechanically work different. I guess maybe maybe the to- the hand toy would just be there permanently and it would just suck up the ball or or something like that. Maybe it doesn't pop out that the box. The...
0: I've had a look at that mechanism under the playfield and it is colossal. And it's not only just the hand mechanism, but there's like a, if you have a look underneath it, it's basically this big metal box. It literally goes almost to the floor of the cabinet on the playfield. Like there's there's about like probably two inches of room at the bottom of that metal box at the pivot point of the playfield when you lift it up to service it. It is massive and the thing is that there's a solenoid that actually when it drops into the bottom like you hear it when thing retracts and it goes plonk, that's the ball dropping about 30 or 40 centimeters down to the bottom <laughs> of this box and then there's a solenoid that kicks it up the um, um, up this sort of like path that stages the ball near the the right um, out kicker and the way okay. it gets it into the right right, the, the way it gets it into the right out kicker is it's got this little tiny solenoid that just pops it over this little ridge, this little lip on the on the thing rail into the main trough. So there's a lot. So of it's a lot of mechanics there. going that's, on there. That's probably like that would be a third of the bill of materials on that table. I would think. All right, it is really, really, really expensive. That bit of the machine, <laughs> like, there's a lot going. On. So that will go. 100% if that was a pro model, you'd be losing that. You would probably keep the turntable. You like have to the, keep the turntable. The vault, the vault turntable, yeah. I think, is too integral to the game not to have it there. I was trying to think of a way of doing away with that. And the only thing I could think of was like a stand-up target or maybe a drop target that you hit to trigger the letters. But it's, it's a jackpot hole as well. That's the problem. And there's a mode that needs that um as well like there's a, a tunnel hunt mode requires that one there's so many modes that rely on that upper bolt the it only works, other so yeah
1: the only other thing i know for sure that would be gone is the power the the magnet oh, oh the, the, the magnet field doing the power yeah gone
0: yeah <laughs> that'd go that'd go see so, ya yeah. yeah so those three, i think they would have to get rid of the hand yeah um because of the the sheer cost of the thing Yeah. Um. And that would make it. Just think of the table without thing. Oh, like.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. They'd probably have the toy there. There. They'd probably have the hand toy there.
0: And it'd have flashes around it. Like it'd be going nuts. It would actually do it. No, it'd just be there, sort of sitting over the lane, probably like hovering high enough over the lane that it looks like the ball would be picked up by it. Um. But that's it. It might even have the plastic box there in the hand, but the hand would just be a bracket holding the hand in place like that. I reckon. So it still had the aesthetic of it, but it would just do nothing. Um, I was just saying that means for sure
1: that something like Johnny Mnemonic wouldn't have that glove. Oh nah, no, no, no! That
0: would that would have to go, and that thing—that's that, actually a good thing because that glove is a pain in the butt <laughs> to to maintain. It is just full of faults. Everyone complains about it. Like when you get it working, it's great, but yeah, it's it's hard to get right. Um, now, what about Doctor Who? <laughs> what would you do with doctor who that that mini playfield is the crux of the game but you know it is just so incredibly expensive could you do a far side on it could you actually have a smaller mini playfield area up the top there and have like a like some targets that trigger the locks or something like that because you got you've got so much mechanics in that thing you've got The fact that it rises up is is a huge expense, and then you've got the virtual lock solenoids in there. Oh, sorry, you've got the lock solenoids in there as well, which fire the balls out and store the balls. So I think you could make it a virtual lock and maybe knock out some of the bill of uh, the expense there. So you could have, you could maybe keep the platform and make it a virtual lock, so you're not having to worry about the solenoids, and you could still have it rise up, but. Oh geez, you wouldn't be able to cut too much cost off that, though. That, there's, a lot of, there's not a lot of now, there's fat not Yeah, There's not a
1: lot of meat on that uh, on that table to to trim
0: to really cut. No, no.
1: I know that we were also yeah. talking about like Twilight Zone, where it'd be Oh, uh, Twilight Zone. Uh, goodbye, Jeez. Gumball. Goodbye, Power Play Field. Goodbye, Ceramic yep. Ball. Uh- yep,
0: <laughs> yep. It it completely like you get rid of the power. Um, I imagine that there and- you
1: would lose one of the upper flippers uh i i have a feeling you couldn't get rid of the left one because that kicks over to the piano so it'd probably be the the right flipper midfield flipper because that only shoots over into the camera it's kind of an area that's like kind of a eh, whatever i mean not much really happens there so i'd imagine that that would be the one that would
0: well you've also got the um you've also got the um town square shot as well and that's how you pick up hitchhikers. Yeah. So they'd have to, they'd have to change the mechanic of how you pick up hitchhikers. And the camera is, while it is sort of like a mystery award, you could probably put that feature triggered somewhere else in the playfield.
1: Well, but here's the thing: still... if you if you have the left flipper flipped up, and you flip from the right flipper, you can get it into that area. Mm-hmm. So it's you can still shoot the area. Um, mm. There would just have to be some kind of a diverter or. or... Some alteration to the rules for what happens when the ball goes over there. Yeah, and that would be
0: very hard to do. Um, yeah. Now, what about Bride? Interesting question, Fiscal. Um, bride of Pinbot. Well, again, the main feature of that table is the rotating head. Um, how would you make the rotating head less rotating? <laughs> would you would you remove a face from the head and maybe just have one of the heads uh like a,
1: a static well let's assume um, that we're dealing face. with the DMD era now okay let's do we're doing bride 2.0 all right so bride 2.0 so if right. you were doing a pro model it would just be a flat surface that when the ball rolls down maybe it uh different areas of the surface are magnetized to capture the ball and so it, there's no oh. rotation going on. It's just the ball comes in and gets magnetized to that area. Um,
0: so you reckon that be they'd have one face but like three or four magnets in there? Yes.
1: Right. That's interesting. And then for the for the premium, that's when you get the whole rotating mechanism. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of the
0: magnetized head. <laughs> that sounds really cool. They should have just done that to start with. Um Yeah, but then you wouldn't
1: but, have a then you wouldn't have a bride going giving her O face. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah.
0: and putting the balls in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, this was designed by Python Angelo oh, my and God. <laughs> it
1: was he was just terrible for that sort of thing. He was, it wasn't just sexual innuendo. It was blatant. No, it was blatant. <laughs> like
0: the bride has basically two flashes for nipples. If you have a look at the playfield top down, like he's, he wasn't messing around with the play, with the innuendo on that table, like yeah. uh, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, intentional. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's well. <laughs> I, just, I imagine too, I,
1: the the plastic clear ramps would just be metal.
0: The plastic clear? You mean the the ones that are like the, that lead up to the head?
1: Yes, the one. There's the one that leads up to the the head. That would just be just a, a plain piece of metal ramp, undecorated, non laser You think that that's? Oh no, that's
0: oh metal ramps. That's the reason why they eliminate them on pro versions of the the table. Like, really, the plastic really ramps are cheaper? Heaps Cheap. They're they're injection molded. You just make a mold, you shove a whole lot of plastic into it, and pump uh, them okay. out. That's why you always see um, the premium models with the metal ramps, and that's like a feature of the bill because you know, wool, you know,
1: metal is more expensive. I and, just figured so that what was more expensive was the uh, the uh, habit rails, the metal habit rails.
0: Oh, so yes, the habit rails, yes, they are expensive. They would definitely go in a pro model unless it was integral to the game, like it was a an area of the playfield that took a little bit of extra hits. Um, and uh, I mean, that's that's an interesting thing. Like, what about skill shot on Bride? Would that actually be simplified? Um, because you know that's a big bit of metal, a big chunky assembly,
1: and it's got a lot of triggers all the way down it does yeah. um i mean i know that if they were building it today it'd be all opto sensor yeah it would be um i guess but, that's you know. i guess that's a that's part of the interesting uh portion of this conversation is uh, are we assuming that it was being built then or being built now <laughs> yeah that's right um i think if
0: they were building it then uh, that's the that's the tricky bit because a lot of the a lot of the things that we see on stern tables now that they like you know, sacrifice for Pro models, they just virtualize everything. So yeah. they'll virtualize a lock mechanism, which probably the um, the the System Eleven games back then just wouldn't have had the ability to do. Like they wouldn't be able to keep track of lock balls the way they do now. They actually needed a physical lock to work. Um, so, but if they were redesigning it now and taking that layout, they they would just completely virtualize everything, basically. Um,
1: I guess what we're trying to say is it kind of sucks when you think about it. <laughs> what, it really does. What, what are you designing for? You know, you're, you're now designing essentially two tables. Um, or are you just throwing one to the side, being like, well, you know, whatever. But then you think about the cost. There's no way that... I mean, some of these things that they eliminate... Where you just go, wait a second, and that's why the price is fifteen hundred dollars less. Really? <laughs> mm. It's like mm, I don't know if that's worth fifteen thousand uh, dollars,
0: like one thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah. Like uh, that's not a lot of stuff removed. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely. Sometimes you go.
1: Mm? Uh, I don't know. I have to ask why. It's tricky. Uh, over to our peanut gallery. Questions, comments. Anything you want us to bring up, go ahead. Type it in. We'll uh, we'll broach it.
0: And even if it's... I think we're done with the um, the, the let's talk about pro and premium models. Yeah. Even though it was an interesting thing, I think we've exhausted all the things we can think about that would really make tables suck if you remove them. <laughs> <laughs> so what about other questions? Um, what about... Uh, hmm. Trying to think if we have been playing... You know, I've been... I can probably talk about something new, well, new to me, Okay. Uh, at least. Good. Managed to you know, get my hands on a VR headset recently. Uh-huh. Um, and this one is the the Quest 2, which is a new one from Oculus. Okay. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I want to try out... I, I want to be a super late adopter to VR and try out stuff. I mean, I mean, the Oculus headsets, it's... Barrier to entry is pretty low now. Like, it's not like you had to spend like a thousand dollars and have a really powerful gaming rig, um, like you did when the first round of uh, like Rift headsets came out. Um, like, this is all using essentially an Android-based solution with a, a VR, a specific VR chipset from Snap, uh, yeah, Snapdragon in it, the XR two, and it's all contained in the headset. Even the the tracking is contained in the headset. You don't need to put up external. IR sensors and stuff like that, like you did with the older ones, it's pretty neat.
1: Because that's the thing, so, I, I, I have access to. I had it plugged in here, the Oculus Rift. There's so mm. many wires, so yeah, many wires, so many
0: wires. <laughs> like it takes like if you if you're setting one up, you really have to have a dedicated space for it, don't you?
1: Like it's I mean, so hard to get it right. Yeah, you need room. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if it's, you plan on playing, you know, if, you, if you're planning on playing something like Beat Saber. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to have some room. you got to have some floor. That's the room. thing.
0: The, the way they've managed the whole room, what they call, the, the feature that Chris is talking about there is called Room Scale uh, in VR. And um, it's the setting that you set up um, to define the space that you're playing in, the, the virtual space that you're playing in. Um, the way they've done it on the Quest 2 is interesting. They, they allow you to actually draw out your room area um, with the controllers, and um, or you can set what they call a stationary boundary. And the way the games work with that is it changes the way you play the games. So the things like Beat Saber that you know generally encourage you to move around and like like actively dodge the barriers and stuff that comes towards you. Um, you, you get less of that action, um, and which to me, particularly when you're learning VR is actually not a bad way to start. It's almost like the um, the basic mode of VR. You sort of learn how to actually control things in the VR space and then you can sort of move to like the modes they have in Beats where It's like 360 mode where everything's coming at you literally mm-hmm. from everywhere, which is <laughs> pretty intense. But the, um, the 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 whole room scale thing is better managed. You can actually play the scene in pretty tight spaces. Like you'll see behind me in my room, I pretty much use that little space behind my chair as my VR space. And it just basically defines a guardian boundary. It's a circle. It's just about a circle big enough for me to stand in. And that's all you need um, for for the quest. And sure, probably some gameplay elements are sacrificed because of it. But, you know, that's actually fine. Um, I haven't noticed any problems in any of the games I've played so far where the space is an issue so that really makes again vr more accessible to more people because some people don't have a dedicated
1: space for vr right so here's a question again to the uh to those watching i've been trying to do gameplay video of pinball who wants to see jared mm-hmm. doing gameplay video of uh, whatever he's playing in vr
0: yeah <laughs> and there are ways of doing it too like you can do there's a, a guy that's um I I seem to come across a fair bit on YouTube that deals with VR. Um, it's called Mike from the VR Oasis. Um, it's a really good channel if you want to dip your toe into VR. He's He really breaks down things nicely um, for you in a very accessible way. And his reviews are really... Like, he's a really personable guy anyhow, um, Mike. And um, he, he explains the features of the games. And he also touches on things that's really important. Like, if you're a new VR player, um, it takes a while to get used to the, like, the, the motion of some VR games. Um, and I really, I was super excited for this free title on the Quest 2, which was a Roller Coaster Simulator. I thought, oh, yeah, I love roller coasters. This is going to be awesome. And then <laughs> you thought I was... you
1: love roller coasters, and then you tried one yeah. in VR.
0: <laughs> and then I tried one in VR, and I nearly spewed. Yes. Like, it was, it is really hard the motion aspects of VR if you're if you are thinking like you're moving forward like in a car racing game or something like that and your body doesn't feel like it's moving forward it does very weird things yeah. to your equilibrium like uh, uh and there are some the, the way that Facebook classifies the games is that it's comfortable um intermediate and intense as far as a VR experience and they, they clearly say that Intense experiences are not for everyone, and really are only for experienced VR gamers. And even then, may not even be for them. Wow. <laughs> so they're like saying, if you if you go intense, expect that you are very comfortable with VR and you're very comfortable with the motion elements of it, and prepare for a bit of weirdness. So the way they try and overcome that, like the the makers of the the roller coaster simulator game, are very They're very smart. They obviously got a lot of feedback that people were like losing their lunch when playing this game. So, they've got a couple of tactics that help you still experience the game, but it makes it so it's (laughs) there's like this little target, and on the front of the um, car that you're in, like you can obviously look around you and everything and see all the environment, and then right in front of you, there's like this target. And the target is the motion sickness target. So if you're looking around the game, you're going, oh, this is not feeling good. You just look at the target and that gives you a horizon. Oh, okay. Because it's all about... it's the, the reason why you feel sick in VR games is lack of horizon. Yeah. Um, so the other thing they do is they give you a helmet and the helmet gives you... You can have just the regular helmet on, which just gives you a little border around your field of view. So again, you get that feeling of basic horizon. Then you can go at an extra level and have like an iris. So you have like the helmet and then an extra field of view, an FOV inside the helmet that gives you like extra horizon. And then if you're really still having trouble, you can even have a basically a grid view that displays completely around your field of view in the helmet. And it has like a like a moving square shape horizon. I had all three of those things on and I still felt sick. So it <laughs> <laughs> so really have disappointed you, me.
1: Have you tried out any of the uh, pinball that's out there? You know, whether it be Zachary Pinball or Pinball Facts 2 VR or... Uh, I doubt you went the so, Stern Pinball VR route, but...
0: Uh... <laughs> I definitely have not tried that yet. So... There's, there's two different things. This is the interesting thing about the Quest 2 as well. So the Quest 2 is a pretty decent headset to get your hands on, and there's two reasons why. It's got a pretty extensive catalog of games that you can run on the headset itself without any any extra software. You don't need a computer. But the other thing is that it also doubles as a fully-fledged VR headset you can connect up to your PC as well. Um, and you can do that with the cable um, that comes with the the headset, um, or you can actually do it wirelessly as well if you um, install a couple of extra programs on the headset. So um, it will work with Steam VR, no okay. problems at all. So you can actually play all of your Steam titles through this headset. Um, and there's another thing that um, that is really good about um, the fact that the headset is based on Android. It uses all of the regular Android things to do the games with. So one very clever set of folks have set up a thing called SideQuest, and what SideQuest is, it allows you to sideload games onto the headset. Now these aren't pirated games. These are official games that um, developers have used a little bit like um, the difference between itch.io and steam. So okay. itch.io is a different marketplace. And in the case of um, itch, you often get steam keys as well that the developers give you. So you can add it to your steam library. Um, Whereas um, the the whole side quest thing, it's like a marketplace for games that are either in beta or are experimental, um, and perhaps don't yet meet the quality grade, the really high quality grade that Facebook sets on their marketplace. So, like, there's some really interesting stuff on there. Like, you've got this um, first person shooter called Pavlov, and it's um, it's a really it's almost like um, sort of playstation 2 graphics but in vr and it's a really polished shooter like if you like first person shooters you you, you would install Cycrest and get this because it's free and it's really professional for what it is there's this other game that really i've been having a ball with which is a drumming simulator and it actually has uh it's a pretty fully fledged game at the moment because it's been in development for a while but you actually have like it's a little bit like guitar freaks and drum mania or guitar hero yeah. Where the the notes come towards you and you've got to hit them in time. But okay. the thing is that this is like a full virtual drum kit. So you're not actually striking anything. You've got the controllers in your hand and you're actually like, you know, doing this and rolling around the, the thing. And I initially I thought, this is really going to suck without having that feeling of hitting something, right, that bounce. rebound you get. But it's actually not as bad as you think. It <laughs> It actually works really quite well because... <laughs> You actually get this tactile feedback game? through it's the controllers. It's not as bad as you think. Well, this is an early beta too. Like the, this guy has got some things to work out. I'm going to send him a um, um, a bit of a note because I think there's a few things that probably are still in development, like yeah. judgment system. You know how in in Guitar Hero you have like, you know, you hit the note perfectly, you hit right. the note sort of okay. Right. It doesn't have that yet, and I think having played way, way too many. Um, credits in Drum Mania by Konami in the arcade. Uh, this is like an area of expertise that I have with oh, okay. these games. Like I really know how they should work. The other thing is because the sense zone is um, when the symbol picture goes over the jump pad like this. Um, let me just get this right, like that. So as it's coming down towards you, it actually rather than having a baseline like you have in Guitar Heroes. The baseline is actually the cymbal or the 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 tom or the other drum pad. So, what you're getting is if you're trying to keep the beat, you're having all these notes come down sort of off center like that. But at the same time, like if you have one like that and that, you have to actually hit them at the same time, and okay. that's really hard to judge. Yeah. So, but you know, that's the side quest thing is really really interesting um, on the platform as so well. It's free to install. All you need is a computer. It even works on Mac. So. Like you can, what I know, right? So you can actually do this whole thing. So I've been having a really, really fun time with it. They, I have bought a couple of games officially through the Facebook Store, and one of them is Shooty Skies Overdrive. Now, this was a a mobile game um, that was released like it just as like a casual game, but what they've done is pretty incredible with it. I found out that Shooty Skies is actually developed in Australia by a studio here, um, and they've done essentially a shoot 'em up in vr um and you're basically your hand is the plane oh, okay. and you have all these enemies just throwing bullets at you and you literally guide the plane through the bullets like this with your hand and you've got this your other hand like handles the power-ups so you've got like um all these different random cutesy power-ups that you can use like a one of them is like a vacuum that like sucks up all the bullets so you can clear the clear the room of all the bullets and the other one is a um it's like they have one that's like a llama trumpet so you actually have to hold your left one up like this like a trumpet and it starts blowing these things out to blow up the enemies it's it's hilarious <laughs> and it's really well done like um i, I would like to see more shoot 'em ups on the platform um, that actually use your hand as the plane because it's such an intuitive way to do it because you're literally, this is the thing that you're guiding through the bullets. I reckon it could be really fun.
1: And then to fire back, you so, can make a the gun thing. Uh, well,
0: the it's auto-fire, or right, you can yeah, set it I'm so it fires automatically.
1: Yeah. I'm intrigued by what uh, popped up here a little bit ago here, the uh, KFC console. Um, no, I, I read about it like the headline and i thought well that's surely a joke uh so fiscal are you actually saying that this is a real thing uh does it say warming drawer underneath is it underneath a specific console or is it something that you know kentucky fried chicken is designing (laughs)
0: i've never heard about this thing i need to google it
1: (laughs) i mean jared we know that the system name would be called the dirty bird right
0: it would be the dirty bird yeah. yeah oh wow Oh, it is actually a thing. <laughs> Hang on. So this is... The, okay, so this is a product from Cooler Master. Um, it is... It's, <laughs> it, this is the description. I love it. It's forged from the fires of the KFC ovens and built by Cooler Master from the ground up. There has never been a tastier way... <laughs> a tastier way to experience the latest titles in sunning 4K 240 frames per second. Okay. Sure <laughs> thing. So there's a <laughs> So I think what they're doing is they're using all the residual heat in right. the in the system yeah. to act as a food warmer. Um... Okay, sure. So this is is this essentially a PC case that you can put a PC into that also doubles as a food warmer. Well, okay. Um, because
1: you know you you you've already got the image of the gross guy that hasn't gotten up out of his chair in 26 hours with five zillion coke cans surrounding him and uh, just grease stains all over his shirt and now he's going to have warm food right there. What more can you want, right? <laughs> So
0: here we go. So it's also VR ready, you should know. So you can get on your feet and enjoy the world of virtual reality with the smell of fresh chicken captures your senses. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. This is the copy they're using on this. Oh. I'm going to... Uh. I mean, it's well-specced. It's got a good spec in it. Like, it's it's obviously using an RTX um, NVIDIA card in it because it's, it's got, like, you know, 240 frames per second with up to 240 hertz output so it's it's pretty chunky but um i i can't even believe it um yeah i I wouldn't like fiscal writes in the chat it's apparently going to have like two grand of power inside it yeah you're not kidding like it's a well specced out
1: there it is folks pc there i i I was able to take the time that's yeah you know
0: (laughs) I, i i can't even um, what,
1: what's what's funny about this though is that a few weeks ago, and we haven't watched it yet, but there was this whole thing called uh, oh, it was a little Lifetime movie or that uh, KFC was doing with with uh, oh that seduction hits. something of. The, the taste yep. of seduction or whatever and everybody was uh-huh. laughing away ha 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 and then it, it's legit i recorded it i haven't watched it yet but um no it's proper yeah it's yeah a thing. so apparently somebody at uh, at kfc has been thinking outside the box <laughs> and, and uh, was given yeah. a budget <laughs> so like
0: you know I'd, I'd hope that if you buy this you at least get some vouchers for kfc so you can fill the thing up a couple of times <laughs> with with chicken right like it looks like it's um okay. Yeah, this is this is very interesting. Um, I wouldn't get one, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a chunky beast. It's, like, it's, it's got not some really good you'd be specs in it. your
1: money. It. I don't understand. Well,
0: look look, it is a what it is is a very compact. It's a compact looking PC. Like it, yeah. it's pretty small looking unless my eyes deceive me. There's no idea of scale, and it's got. Heaps of tech in it, so I, I'm not sure about the warming box, but look, you know. Um I think they need to consider a vegan version of this. It's all um, in the easy bake oven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is all it's all about the easy bake oven, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, you're right, Fiscal. It, it has a really powerful um uh system on a chipboard, board the NUC nine. Um it's it's incredible. It's incredible and crazy at the same time. <laughs> um uh, I, I'd, I'd be happy to give one a go if Cooler Master wants to send one my way.
1: There you go. So which uh, they won't. They won't. But uh, you know, <laughs> if, if by chance it gets to them, uh, don't worry. Our uh, our information is listed down below for how to get in contact with us for you know reviews. Absolutely and such for product reviews. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, uh... it is
0: a it is a good way of using the heat that is naturally inherent in a computer system though like mm. that. What they're doing here is actually showing an application for like reusing, the, the essentially, the wasted power from a PC for something good. And, I mean, that's that's a novel idea. So good on them for thinking outside the box. That's yeah. definitely good.
1: Hmm. So I got, uh, for Christmas, two games that I'm Ooh, did you? way behind the uh, curve on. But that's okay. I, this is what I do. I wait for Game of the mm. Year editions and with it all, having all ass. the DLC and it's a lot cheaper and ta-da. So mm-hmm. I got the yeah. uh, the Spider-Man game for PS4 and oh, I yeah. got uh, Last of Us Part 2. And right. I started playing both of them yesterday. Mhm. And I'll just say the Spider-Man game is I didn't know what to expect from it because I've tried like the Batman mm-hmm. game and didn't like it at all. Um, there's right. a certain play style that I enjoy and the Spider-Man game is doing two things that just like are going oh that feels good one the swinging around the city it's effortless you don't have to right. think about where you're firing your web or anything else like that. it just automatically finds a point of contact and away oh you that's go. so good and, and it just is smooth and you get that diving sensation it's, it's...
0: top oh, notch easy. on that
1: the other thing is mm-hmm. the fighting aspect it remind there are a ton of moves that you can do and I was worried mm-hmm. that it was gonna, that I was gonna like have to try and memorize all these moves or what? No, it's like God of War, just button mash and cool things happen. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's cool. See, that's my sort of fighting game, right? Exactly.
0: I I, I, I was always turned off like the Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat's of the day because to play those games well, you actually need to memorize moves and have yeah. instant muscle memory. Yeah, calls. I mean, as it's much just, as I
1: want it, to enjoy them, it takes effort to learn them.
0: It really does. Yeah, it's not fun, but that sounds great. Like I, I'd get into that. It's almost like casual. It's a casual em up, isn't it? Really?
1: Yeah. I mean, it 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 just it's the kind of game that you can just sit back, relax. You're not going to get overly stressed about it. Um, you're going to see some cool things happen that you're going to go, oh, how did I do that? And then you go into the move set list and you go like, oh, well, gee, if I just had have known to do this, this, this button, you know, in this combination, I can do that all the time. But I'm not going to remember that. I'm just going to button mash. Um, Mm. and, and, and then it's also got a little mix of GTA in that you are, God, I swear, I, I I think they actually mapped New York city. Really? Like one-to-one mapped it, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken. So it's not GTA where they faked Miami or faked New York. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's legitimate, it's true to scale and everything, but, uh, they've hidden collectibles. All over the place, but they didn't right. make it the annoying hiding where you have to stumble upon them and find them. No, they'll put a little icon on your map, and you can, you know, select that icon, and it'll send you to the area and tell you within how many meters you are of that item, and you know, so you can find it that way. There's still a little bit of looking to be found, um, but it'll locate you where them where you need. Yes, to. yes, and That's that good. hits me in the yeah. GTA had that a lot, but also like Tomb Raider does that where they hide Mm -hmm. all sorts of objects and the more objects you collect that helps you with your power-ups and so it encourages you to not just plow through the story mode but to actually uh explore explore and play uh just you know it's their side missions without being actual missions call it that way Mm. that's cool so that was so that's fun mechanic then i slipped in last of us part two and first off i've never had a game where you had to install one disc that was nothing but data and then you have your play disk that you play with for secondary. The game is massive. Oh, I have <laughs> I've...
0: I I have had that experience before and it's not been a game like that it's been on a much smaller earlier version of the console. Um, that's how you used to play Beatmania on PlayStation 1. You had Oh, if you well, yeah, to play back the different in that day. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean Final Fantasy used to come on four discs. That was just, you know, yeah you insert thing. the second disc right but but in today's but this one, console this... it's all about pre like the spider-man it took me 90 minutes to download the th- or to copy it onto the console and then download all the updates and before wow. i can even play and last so you a...
0: actually get the disc so let me get this straight on because i'm not a console owner mm-hmm. on the ps4 you get the your starting game disc if you choose to buy it like from the shop yeah and you actually literally install that disk onto the hard drive yep. in the console.
1: Yep, you're no longer playing and off the disk.
0: Right, so this is essentially just your your license copy, essentially.
1: Yes, your disk winds up being your key. Your key, right, right. Yeah, and the suck wow, part about that is, is that the... Because <sighs> I only have a 500 gig PS4. Mm-hmm. And so at any one time, I can basically have about three games installed. That's all? <laughs> Depending, I mean, wow. well the 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 last of us 2 it, on the back of the box it says minimum 100 gigabyte free. Wow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And the Spider-Man game I think took up 65 gigs. So you wow. you know do the math, you fill it up really really fast. And and I hate it because there're certain games I don't want to Delete because I like to go back to them. I'm being mm. like, truth be told, there's probably about six games that you can have on there at yeah. any, at any given okay. Time. But uh, th- well, I what you're want... saying is that 500
0: gig it doesn't last long. No, I really should. I really anymore. should
1: have an external drive connected to this. To, to so house it allows things.
0: you to use. It actually does support like a USB PS4 allows
1: fully allows you to do external that way, and or if you wanted to swap the internal drive, they made it easy. They knew that people were oh, going to be doing. This. They didn't. They didn't make it proprietary or anything else like that. That's smart.
0: Yeah. yeah, I remember with the PS2 on some of the Japanese versions, you could actually get, you could actually plug in a hard drive into that too, um, and it would work. Um, in in the, like the first or second generations of yeah. them,
1: that were really fat PS2s, you know. But so and that was that was cool. So Last of Us Two though is like I finally get it installed. I start playing immediately. It's just like oh yeah let's 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 cozy up it's gonna be story time because i know that's what this is and Mm -hmm. my lord did they just start letting the f-bombs drop (laughs) oh really like the other game the first one they were there but it was sporadic it wasn't just they they were just flavor they were were flavor swearing yeah yeah Um, this is this is you're watching a tarantino movie (laughs) right
0: Oh right! <laughs> <laughs> so certainly not one for the kiddies to be listening to any issue. no
1: at, at one point I was I was like, I probably put in about three hours yesterday, and I'm sitting there playing mm. through it, and and all of a sudden my wife goes, "Is this your game?" <laughs> 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 yep, <laughs> not watching a movie. This is the game. Yeah, um, this is a game. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I got all that time in, and I knew this basically from ever having played the first one. Uh, my mm. cutoff point, I basically went, well, there was the prologue. <laughs> oh, right. Because, and, and this is what I love about Naughty Dog. They do a phenomenal job of putting you through the tutorial, basically, to remind you how to play, to remind you how yeah. to, to use, without it ever feeling like, like it's tutorial. a tutorial. It's yeah. just a natural... It's a natural progression. Like literally one of the first things you do because it's all snowy and everything and you're about to go out and there's some kids having a snowball fight and they're like, oh, you got to play a snowball fight with us. You're like, okay, great. So you're starting to scoop snowballs. You're tossing them at them. Well, this is showing you, remember, this is your trigger finger for your gun and this is your aiming reticule. Right. I mean, without so it, it. That's really nice. Yeah. Um. And and they're breaking up like who is doing what because you're the, the story shifts from person to person. And mm. so it's like okay, you know, now you're doing some exploring, and now you're doing some horseback riding, and you're doing all these things, but it is all thoroughly part of the story. It's mm-hmm. not story game, story game. It's all story that you're just kind of building. It's interactive up. storytelling, exactly. And so that's very cool. And so basically, where I got to a point, and I knew again, I knew this was going to happen, but uh, I basically got to the point where I where a new like a title card popped up. And I went, boom, mm. there we go. I'm done with the prologue. We are done with the tutorial. Now the game itself, the game proper starts. We're <laughs> actually in the game now. Yeah. yeah, right. So I'm looking forward to uh looking forward to, That's... to deep diving into this bit of depression. Well, it's a grim story. It's a grim story. It's a grim story.
0: Right. Okay, so you really need to have yeah, your happy, you need to have a full bucket of happiness before you start the game. Well, it's I've, I've said it fast. before,
1: the very first time I tried playing Last of Us, I didn't make it very far. Um, mm-hmm. I I went, Naughty Dog, I love Uncharted, Uncharted is my favorite game, and I tried playing it as if I was playing Uncharted. And that's mm-hmm. completely the wrong way to play it. And right. I got a little freaked out over the survival horror aspect of it and didn't care for that. And so I I put the game down and I didn't touch it for another year and a half or so. Um, Right. At which point, I had been watching The Walking Dead. And that's Mm -hmm. when I realized it's a Walking Dead episode. And if you treat it like that, you're golden. (laughs) Right, I see.
0: Right. You just need to understand how the game developers want you to experience the game, not exactly. how you think you should experience it. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you know, on the you know, maybe uh, we could switch gears now yeah. and to a subject you probably won't expect me to bring out, but that's mm. movies. <gasps> what? Uh, sure, it never talks movies. <laughs> of which I gotta warn you
1: guys, folks. Next time we uh, come in, I'll be doing my annual uh, best of worst of movie. movie list. Yeah, just warning you. <laughs>
0: yeah, warning. Yeah. Okay. It, it's what do you got? It's, it is a tradition that you should expect by now if you're a regular bike leg like, listener. So, I, I have watched um, a. It was obviously school holidays here in Australia. Yeah. Um, this is our this is our summer holidays over here. Um, so kids are off and they're looking for entertainment. So um, managed to um, watch um, the Disney Pixar um, movie called Soul. Oh, Okay. Um, now Soul is it almost feels like a not a sequel but um like a a related a related area for pixar compared with uh inside out
1: yeah i was gonna say i just heard somebody say that it's the uh the that was the kids version this is the adults version (laughs) it's it does it does kind of feel like that
0: um so that movie uh so soul is all about this jazz musician that has an accident. And is sort of forced into this limbo state. Um
1: between the Did did the he real forget to breathe while he was playing his instrument?
0: No. went <laughs> <laughs> basically he has a he has a physical accident. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna tell you how it is. Okay. Um it, it's sort of weird. The movie sort of starts off a bit slow and I thought, oh man, the kids aren't gonna dig this. And then it's almost like the the whole thing they did, the technique they did with um um the Wizard of Oz where everything's sort of in black and white oh, okay. and then everything goes into full color sure. but it's not so much that the colors shift it's just the, the shift between almost like the real world and then this yeah there's a like, visual cue there's definitely a visual cue and it's really well done and when it switches into the, the like the, the the soul world let's call it that um, it, it that's when I could go okay I think the kids are going to start getting into this and like um, Zachary didn't really care for it that much i think they both liked the the version of the movie that um uh kim picked for them first because it was very much straight down the line kids this was more thinking kids movie mm-hmm. if that makes sense um but i really enjoyed it um it's uh, i mean if you've got Disney+, plus it's there for you now because it's almost like they release it straight to video it was probably going to be a it theatrical did. release it so was yes.
1: but not anymore yeah
0: and, and um it's a good move like it's 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 actually perfectly suited for video it brings me though to another idea about i don't know why like oculus and and that aren't actually take advantage of the 3d market here because if you can't go to the movie theater and you still enjoy 3d this movie is stereoscopic 3d compatible why aren't they doing this in vr because essentially that's what it is right yeah um it's two screens you can actually have full vr
1: well, um, I have a, so that's an the 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 guy that uh, I got my Oculus from, he swore by watching 3D movies in VR. Um, yeah, I mean, he loved doing that. I don't I don't see how he could keep that thing on his head for two hours, but um, he thought it was a, a fantastic experience and that that really made the 3D pop uh, mm. when watching. It would, yeah. It would be incredible.
0: I think the way they do 3D on on the Oculus, you know, not having—I've seen some 3D content. I've watched some like you know videos they have available for free, and there is definitely a field of view. Like you'll have like your main view here, like your screen, and then a little bit to the left, and a little bit to the right, is your field of view. But anything outside of that is just black.
1: Well, he so. had it so that you could actually be sitting in a theater watching the movie.
0: Yeah. That's right, there's actually a, an app you can use it's like a virtual theatre app and you can actually go and watch, they'll do rebroadcast of things like Top Gun and stuff like that you can go yeah. and sit and watch Top Gun uh, in a virtual environment just like you're in a the theatre it's pretty cool uh, but I don't know how 3D would work like that I don't know whether it would actually be 3D from the perspective of like the screen and the things coming out at you, sort of within the theatre space or whether you'd literally be plopped right in the middle of the 3D a movie because that would be that would be pretty cool like essentially having a seat inside the movie um, where you could look around the environment and have like essentially the directorial stage at the front but the environment around you and that would be incredible experience yeah now you're asking a lot <laughs> that's that is that is probably too much because that that's not something they could cater for no in. that would need to be a game experience exactly they need to render that on the fly exactly but look i'll be happy with the, the the former i think that will be an amazing experience in 3d i just need to work out how to get 3d content <laughs> uh, <laughs> well fortunately for you
1: you guys can actually still buy 3d content uh they don't sell it here in the states so
0: that's that's ridiculous i think isn't it like it's still a thing they're producing Still yeah, things like they're cool producing,
1: I... and if I want a 3D movie, I have to import it from the UK. Ridiculous. And it was yeah. entirely, and we've mentioned it here before, and it's my soapbox, but it was entirely because they decided that, uh, well, we've got these 4K TVs. We need to sell the 4K ultra high-definition discs, and the best way to do that is to, because people just adopted buying 3D TVs, but they saw that the trend was fading. And so they were like, okay, so we're going to stop selling 3D TVs, and then we're going to stop selling the media that goes with them, but we're going to have all this 4K Mm -hmm. media instead that people will then buy. And so that was their decision. They were like, boom, that's our cutoff. And it was like, literally, there was movies that were scheduled to come out on Blu-ray in 3D that then that release got chopped. chopped. But over in the UK, there they were. But the problem was (laughs) that... Depending on who the studio was and who was doing the, the releasing, uh, like all the Marvel movies, thankfully, and the Star Wars movies, those are put out on region-free discs. But yeah, okay. like, I really wanted to see Terminator 2 in 3D, and that was region locked to region 2. And so I wasn't able to, to buy that disc. So, you know, I had to go the Jolly Roger way incredible. and download a pirated version. But uh... <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the problem, isn't it? Like, you,
0: if they're not going to make the content available in the country that you're in... Like there are people out there like you who want to do the right thing and yeah. want to pay the money. Yeah. But if you're going to restrict it, like what is the whole concept of regions anyhow in today's modern world?
1: It doesn't like, matter you know, much anymore. You'll find the most discs really are, are region unlocked now. Region unlocked. That's good. I mean back I in the day, go and put in this back in the day it was because, like, you know, we would movies weren't being released worldwide on day and date. It was, oh, no, it's going right. to be here in America. And three months later, it's going to be there in Australia. So, because yeah. Because they gonna... literally
0: moved the film canisters around, didn't yeah. they? Like, they actually yes. shipped them to the different... Like, they had a certain amount of these produced, and they just went around the world yes. in a stage release. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and then, plus, it would be, like, digital. you know, timing it for, like you said, your, your kids' holidays, you're in summer, we're in winter. It kind of coincides with our winter break and, you know, your kids' in summer. Mm. But... You know, not all of the big release dates match up to around the world to everybody else's you know holidays, obviously. Um, mm. But yeah, that's now right. that they're doing day and date release, it doesn't make any sense to have a region locked disc because all the discs come no. out day and date across the world too.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because to know that you know people are just going to pirate it anyhow, like right, you know they they've made torrenting and piracy more difficult. But, you know, there's VPNs and there's plenty of different ways you can get content if you want to go down that path. And I think they've just gone, you know what, why are we trying to fight this? Let's actually just do it, offer it so it's legitimately available. And then I'm sure that that's that's resulted in a decrease in piracy. The fact that that actually releases content everywhere at the same time. Like, you know, that's the main reason why people would pirate to start with. So, yeah, I mean... Well, it certainly makes it
1: easier for people that want to do it the legit way uh, Mm. to be able to do it the legit way. Because, like I said, to me it was Terminator 2 and and also I really wanted to see uh, Valerian in 3D. And Mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to see either of them in the theater because T2 was literally in the theater for like a week and a half (laughs) and they pulled it from the 3D version. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait for the disc, and I'm just gonna buy the disc sight unseen. I'm all ready, and they denied me that opportunity. So ridiculous, you know. I did that. Would at be pretty bad about downloading it.
0: <laughs> Given that that movie is is now old, yeah. I still think that that movie would be pretty amazing in in 3D. Still, it was all right. Um, it was all right. No, it, yeah. it was all right.
1: It was yeah. It was a conversion. I mean, I mean, the conversions have right. gotten really, really good, um, mm-hmm. but there's you no longer don't have to film a movie in 3D natively, but you still have to plan for it, and it, you can see that there was just things that I know Cameron would do differently if he had been planning for 3D as opposed to doing mm-hmm. con- the conversion. So, right, right,
0: mm, interesting. But... But yeah, that's something I'm going to have to look into trying to work out how to do. Yeah. Hey, Jared, um, look at the time there. Mm. We've Oh, uh, wow. Hey, look. We, we've filled the show with, with enough... With uh, nonsense. With, with nonsense to make a show. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I'm just going to throw this out here because I did have fun doing it, even though it doesn't seem like people are much catering to it, but we'll see. I'm going to still give it a shot. Uh, I'm going to do another 10-minute uh, pinball probably tomorrow. Hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. record a giant block of them. These are going to be my top five uh, packs, I guess, but it's usually a table within a pack that I recommend to anybody Mm -hmm. that ever wants to. Then when they're new to Pinball FX3 and they're like, what do I download? These are always what I recommend. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to try this again. So once again, if you guys want to watch live, I'll be uh, here tomorrow on Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. doing exactly that. Uh, So be sure to tune in. That's to you that are watching right this minute. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be, and I've got plans on doing my five worst that are in there. Um, and I'm still looking for ideas. Uh, I thought I had one other. end slipping me at the moment, but uh, trying to, I, I, I enjoy making them, so I'll keep on doing them. Uh, but I thought that we would do that just because this particular episode, I'm not going to chunk up into little chunks to spread out through the week because it was all over the map. Mm, yes yeah and you found that you know inside baseball here no one
0: really cared for the split ups did they not for the 10 minute pinball no you guys actually liked the full episode (laughs) yeah so that's that's good data to have you know that
1: saves no i'm still gonna try it it's really easy all i just gotta do is this week i will have to remember to actually hit the record and stop button (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah that'll help because I did like three <laughs> attempts where I kept on forgetting to hit record <laughs> oops I was like okay I gotta start over again
0: um that's good you have a practice run you know? it's like a rehearsal on those tables
1: There, there's a lot of uh, rubbing the head and patting the belly and look I didn't even say that oh correctly. yeah but... uh... <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, yeah that's right uh I did have one request where it was, oh, hey, you know, show strategy and everything. And I'm like, well, I can do that on Bally Williams tables, but I can't do that on any of the other stuff because I suck at most of the other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But anyway, Mm. um, hey, like we said, next time we come back, uh, it'll be after the new year. That'll be me, uh, among other things. It'll be uh, my annual tradition of... uh, my movie rundown for things I saw in 2020. I'm sure a lot of you saw a lot of crap just like I did. Um, Cause you had nothing better to do. <laughs> so that'll be, a, that'll be a major feature next time. Um, and we're still waiting obviously on any other pinball news that'll drop. Although I don't believe we're going to be hearing much. Um, not for next week, but once everybody's back in business after the start of the new year, I'm sure that uh, things will be dropping because we should have been having CES uh, the second week of January. So mm, true. all of those products that the companies would have been presenting, they're going to be probably presenting virtually. So we'll have to see what uh, what emerges with that. So that's kind of a, mm. a farther glimpse forward into what are, what's going on. So apart from the movies, Jared, what other things will we be talking about? Stuff and things. Can't beat that. All right, until next time, guys. Bye-bye. See you later.